There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 971, December 26, 2022, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say greetings and racing regards. Welcome to the final countdown before the 2023 season. As they say in a song, there's a ghost in her past and it haunts her night and day. We shall explain gladly. Back to you, Casper. Thank you, Nasser. On today's program, Merry Christmas to everyone. Philippe Strife, gone at 67. Mercedes believes they have a contender. Toto continues to heap praise on LCH every day. And will Alpine surprise? And let's not forget, just a reminder, we need your order on your Motorsports Memories 2023 Formula One calendar crosstown traffic as soon as possible. These sales help F1 Weekly survive the entire year. So once again, your order, and if you've ordered, gracias. We also need your contributions to keep this program on the air. Just click on the support F1 Weekly tab. You know you want to. Nas, welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm a little bit under the Florida Siberian weather we're having here, but we will survive. In order to survive, I have, as we speak, uh, muted the 1986 Trans Am race from Riverside, California, which was a mighty fine race track, now a mighty fine shopping mall. Did you ever go to Riverside, California, by the way? No, sir. Not much interest in the South because from up here, everything looks very hazy down there. No, this was one of the best tracks in this country. And, sir, speaking of... Um, Crosstown Traffic, I would like to give a shout out to our one of our original listeners, uh, purveyor of the calendar and the podcast for many, many years, Doug Kaklag in PA. Uh, he sent me a very nice letter, so I really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, he told me about the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, just like we have in California. And uh, it's going to be falling very close to our 1000 podcast. But if I can make it, because I'm planning a lot of trips uh, in 2023, so hopefully we can make a run to uh, Pittsburgh, PA, and have some cappuccino with Mr. Kaklak and talk major racing. So thanks again for your letter, Doug. What else is going on in the world with Mr. Rogers? Well, it's a beautiful world, and of course, I've heard of the Pittsburgh vintage races, quite famous in their own wonderful way. 
yes, I see the see them mentioned in the press releases every year. Keep up the good work, Pittsburgh Penn. I'm sure maybe Desiree, when she's let out for good behavior, will check those races out. Anyway, there you have it, Nass. It's a beautiful world, but Toto still praising and praising and praising LCH. It's just a wonderful, wonderful relationship, and it just never ends. I mean, every day I read something else. He is Schumacher-esque. He is wonderful, wonderful. He is just sublime. Uh, I don't know what to say, but I think he should slow it down just a little bit until he starts winning all those races in 2023, and then the heaping will continue. Well, you know, I don't want to play needles and pins. Needles and pins but if you look at Mike, uh, Lewis Hamilton's number of Grand Prix wins and compared to the number of wins for his teammate from 2007, the hombre who shot down the Red Baron, how can you not heap praise on this guy? I mean, that's what I want to know. And it continues. I can't stop any of it. It's an amazing feat. It keeps those shovel companies busy. No, it keeps the memory of Ross Perot alive. A giant sucking sound. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. But that's the way it goes. But, you know, we don't want to rub it in too much here. 2022 was quite a season. Rex skies at night after the first three rounds, but then it turned out to be a false dawn. Then Max Factor took over, and no matter how much lipstick Binotto put on the prancing horse, the car was competitive, so we cannot call it a prancing pig. He was let down by driver and team mistakes, and at the end of the season, he paid the price. You know, Mr. Rogers, it's hard to get a chance when you go against Max in a com competitive car, and if you give him an inch, he's going to hand you a foot-long subway sandwich with hollandaise sauce. Do you prefer six-inch or foot-long when you go to subway? I'm a modest man, Nasser, and a foot-long is just too much for moi. So, yes, I go for the six-inch. There are better sandwiches out there, by the way. I'm a Jersey Mike's Subway sandwich guy. You know, people who had good sandwiches in California, uh, that was Togo's. Are they still around? They are still around, and I always got number nine. That pastrami sandwich is very good. Absolutely. But, sir, we are now moments away from 2023, and I was so happy to read just a few minutes ago that the Dakar rally is not starting in January, it's starting on December 31st. So we have new motorsports coming up soon. And all is not quite on New Year's Day. Teams are already announcing launch dates and firing up their new offerings. for the coming season. The big question, you already brought it up, will Lady Luck get behind the wheel of car number 44 and help driver LCH to his eighth championship? Reflecting on his 2022 car, the infamous W13, the driver with only 103 Grand Prix wins said, and I quote, it was like a ghost was in the car and it kept coming back, end quote. Perhaps the ghost was of 2007 vintage, 
operating from a basin north of Spain, where brandy used to serve whiskey and wine. I think it's time for some Spanish sherry in 2023 for Toto and his vapor snapper and record smasher, which would be two drivers, George Russell, the vapor snapper, and record smasher, Lewis Carl Hamilton. So uh, I saw an item from George Russell that they're going to be, like you said, contender from the opening round. Are we in for a great season in 2023, sir? Well, we're in for a great season, even even if they come out of the, the box terribly, fall down, and start bouncing around like Mexican jumping beans. I mean, for me, you know, it's going to be fantastic with Fernando at Aston Martin. My goodness, I'll be so occupied over there. Let me put it this way, and I've mentioned it before. They have to come out fighting. This has to be a fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee, right out of the box. Because if they don't, then Toto is going to have some severe, severe KO-pectate moments. So we want to see this happen, and everybody stay healthy. But for me, the big machismo is going to be the machismo at Aston Martin. See how that flies. See how it feels. See how the press love it in España. I'm telling you, it's a lot for me. I'm, I might have to take a, lot, a little ibuprofen. How they will do, I don't know. But I am very, very curious to see the difference in time, practice, collie, and race between Nando and Daddy's Daddy's little Jim Clark, if you know what I mean. I dig it, my brother. Yes. Okay, sir, now we have to say welcome to fabulous Las Vegas baby. Hey, money-saving news for you. General admission tickets available for $500 for the unwashed masses. For a zestfully washed, sophisticated clientele of Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment is pleased to offer packages of only $5 million. This $5 million package will get you five nights stay during the race, race week, access to a personal chauffeur and Rolls Royce. Talk about La Dolce Vita in Las Vegas. I think it's time to do a public service message with such a only $5 million package available to watch a Grand Prix. I say to all budding and blossoming future Anna Nicole Smiths of the world, please pick up the white courtesy phone. Your dream granddaddy is coming to town. Mr. Rogers, will you be arriving in Vegas on a Gulfstream or Greyhound with these prices? Well, at this moment, we've had to book our passage on the lovely Greyhound line, but we could get invited. Monsieur Vitel or somebody might be having a party and he might want some F1 Weekly hipness or something. We're, we're pretty suave at parties, Nass, and in demand. So you never know. Right now, we're at Greyhound, but we might be able to kick it up a notch from Cessna to Montvalier. We'll see what we can do. Very good. Hope so. Hi. I appreciate that. Okay. From Pom Pom of Vegas, we go to No Politics and Podium, which I like very much. The FIA has revealed a ban on political statements from the start of the 2023 season, thanks to social activism by drivers like Lewis and Seb. No longer allowed is the general making and display of political, religious, and personal statements or comments 
that compromise F1's general principle of neutrality. The only exceptions will have to be approved in writing. This is a very good idea because sports and music bring people together. Politics and religion divide people. And I say there's a time and place for everything. If there is a problem in America, don't drag it on the podium in Austria. Thank you very much. What say you, amigo, on this issue? Yes, I mean, certainly. But what are they going to do? What? I mean, he is a politic, a political dynamo. Wants to help everyone every day with messages on T-shirts. I don't know. I don't think he's going to like it. And I think he's going to sneak some in and take the fine. Time will tell. Okay, next item on the agenda. F1 moving up according to StubHub. For the first time ever, F1 races cracked the top 10 in sporting events. And this, of course, is for the U.S. With both the Miami Grand Prix and the Austin Grand Prix featured on the year-end list. There were two events, Miami Grand Prix, which ranked 7th on the StubHub list, and the Austin Grand Prix, which came in 9th. The most popular sporting event was the World Series, which should not surprise anyone. Okay, sir, you mentioned about Philip Straff's sad news to report. Ex-Tron Prix driver passed away last week. He was the 1981 French Formula 3 champion and made his Formula 1 debut in the 1984 season finale, uh, which was the Portuguese Grand Prix driving a third Renault. He was on podium in only his sixth Formula 1 race, this time with Ligier in the 1985 season finale at Adelaide. His best finish at Le Mans was second in 1981. He had a serious accident in Rio during 1989 preseason testing. The roll bar on his car broke and he was paralyzed. His love and passion for racing continued. He was the organizer of the well-known and famous Masters Karting at Bercy Stadium in Paris, highlight of which was a race between Senna and Pross. Martin Brundle was Philippe Straff's teammate at Tyrrell and posted on Twitter and I quote, Sad to hear this about my former teammate Philippe. Lovely guy and very stylish in and out of the car. I remember that day clearly when we were testing in Rio and he had his crash. The red flag followed by the Medivac heli. Different days. End quote. And you know, Mr. Rogers, what happened? Uh, there was a lot of confusion, serious accident. And uh, in all the confusion, they, his team basically, they lost... Um, his son was lost at the track. They could not find him for a few hours while he was in the hospital. But everything worked out. Any thoughts you may have on uh, Philippe Streff, sir? Yeah, very sad. Uh, a great Formula 3 French champion. And when he got the call from Renault, he was pretty pumped up. Our condolences to his family. We hate losing another Formula 1 guy. Okay, sir. Now, Alpha Tauri in Big Apple. This is interesting. September... 11, September 11, excuse me, more. Saturday, 11th February. The team will unveil the 2023 livery in the media capital of the world. And most likely it will not be on the 2023 car. I tried to confirm this. Some websites are saying it will not be on the 2023 car. Some are saying it will be, I don't know. I would like to attend this uh, event, Mr. Rogers, if there is an opportunity to interview there. Dutch and Sunrise Kid drivers. Actually, you know, I sent a email to their PR lady, Fabiana. Uh, she is very nice. She helped us arrange an interview with Franz Tost in Austin some years ago. 
So I wrote to her, you know, what is the procedure to get there? I don't even know if these both these youths are coming to Big Apple, and uh, but we'll see how it goes. And then what else we have? Anything else you would like to discuss, sir? No, I'm looking forward to Dakar. It's going to be very, very exciting. The news that Aston Martin is now thinking about the future and perhaps not powered by Mercedes. I found that intriguing. Nevertheless, we're going to be testing pretty soon. And I can't wait to see where the W14 falls in the order of machismoism. But the biggest problem for Lewis Hamilton is Max Factor. Well, Max Factor is the biggest problem for all drivers. But, you know, you got to have the, you know, the right equipment. And, of course, they have it all sorted out at Red Bull. So it's going to be very, very competitive. And you mentioned that Aston Martin will go with a different engine. Where will they go for an engine? No, oh, I'm not sure. But maybe they'll come up with their own engine and call it a Lagonda. So Nando will do Lombarda with a Lagonda? <laughs> bravissimo, bravissimo, bravissimo. You just can't make this stuff up, Nasser. No, of course not. Well, you know, I mean, realistically, where can they go? They have a Mercedes has some sort of a small stake in Aston Martin, and they are making engines for one of their, for some of their models, if not just one. So there is some connection there. And Lance Stroll, of course, is best of buddies with Toto Wolf. Alpine, Aston Martin powered by Alpine. Doesn't sound good. Honda, will they go there? I don't think so. And uh, who else is left? For, uh, Aston Martin powered by Ferrari. You think that will happen? No, but you're getting closer. Who else is remaining there? A better idea. You tell me. Ford. Aston Martin powered by Ford. Well, that might happen. Who owned Aston Martin? Because Ford at one time used to own Jaguar, right? They bought Jaguar and... Land Rover, and obviously it did not work out. No, obviously that went all to ta-ta. Yeah. But uh, yes, Ford partakes in lots of interesting things, and you'd be surprised. So, I don't know. You just never know. And don't forget, Ford is tied in with Red Bull via WRC, so maybe not. I'm just telling you what I've read. They'd like to have their own power unit badged Aston Martin. It gives you that more suave attitude. But the Mercedes package has not won a customer, has never won a championship with a Mercedes engine. Yeah, I don't think they will. But you know, um, I remember some years ago there was an engine called Petronas, which is the Malaysian oil company. And uh, Aston Martin has Aramco, the Arabian oil company. Actually, it's called Arabian American Oil Company. But anyway, it's Arabian-owned, I guess, uh, now mostly. Uh, they they could, if they pay Ferrari, there's no, they have seriously deep pockets there. If they pay Ferrari $50 million to build an engine or use that engine and badge it as uh, Aramco, I don't think uh, Ferrari will have an issue with that. But I think Ron Dennis was right, even though Red Bull proved him wrong, that to win the championship, you need to have a manufacturer tie-in. You cannot win as a customer engine uh, this day and age. And things are getting just so technical and technologically, so much technical infusion in these engines and systems that I think you need to be with 
a manufacturer. Well, there is Porsche available, and they're looking for a team. Yeah, don't worry. We'll have a Google team eventually. Yes, yes. Now, the question for you, will Alonso win a race next year? Absolutely. Aston Martin is expecting him to win. He's going to win, even if they have to cheat. Oh, Alonso would never do that. He's a man of integrity. That is absolutely correct. Don't take my word for it. Check with this compadre, and you speak Spanish. Check with Pedro de la Rosa. Oink, oink. They're very nice friends and all of that, and their texting capabilities are phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what they needed? Oh, now I know why. They, what, what they need to get it, Bunny. Aston Martin need to hire Mike Coughlin from, I think he's still at Williams. Is, isn't he the missing piece? He is the missing piece, but while we ponder the missing pieces that will thrust Fernando back at the front of the spear, why don't we take a quick break? Hi, I'm Juan Pablo Montoya, and you're listening to F1 Weekly. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. In now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the Swami himself, Nasser Hamid. Thank you, sir. And Mr. Rogers, team principles were in the news recently. So I thought, in the absence of motor racing going on over the past weekend, I thought it would be a good idea to look at some of them and their background. So shall I proceed with your express texting consent? Si, usted puedes. Gracias. Okay, sir, we shall start with Christian Horner. Like many team principals, Christian was also on his own Formula One crusade as a driver. He raced in junior series, then made it to the final frontier before the promised land of Formula 1, then called Formula 3000. I remember watching him race in this series at 4 in the morning back in my Cali days. Then one day Juan Pablo Montoya delivered the lightning bolt to Christian Horner, convincing him that he will never make it to Formula 1 as a driver. And this was during pre-season testing at Estoril, the Portuguese Grand Prix track. According to Christian Otter himself, the speed at which Monty passed him going in, into turn one was the eye-opener, what the future holds for him as a driver. Christian Honor had bought a trailer, a used trailer I should say, from Dr. Marco from his Formula 3000 team, and the Austrian was very impressed by young Horner sending him 25,000 pounds before receiving the tra trailer and Christian Horner's dad told him that you're an idiot doing that and thus began a relationship that has become super uber successful and you know with the passing of Dietrich Marischitz apparently the new owners so far what I've heard from Dr. Marco they are going to pretty much leave these two people in charge there may be some changes in how the team operates but I'm glad that both um, both of them are characters. So I would love to see them um, for the next few years. Are you a fan of Christian Horner and uh, Dr. Marcus, sir? I was a big fan of Christian Horner until he started throwing one of my favorite companies under the bus. Then I said, you know what? This guy's sort of a jerk. Moral of the story is don't throw Renault under a Mack truck. 
Exactly. Thank you very much. Okay, sir, now we come to Andreas Seidel, the German guy. The McLaren man on his way to be Audi's ace in Formula One. Andreas graduated from Munich Technical University and in 2000 joined the world of motorsports in the F1 team of the local company, Bavarian Motor Works, also known as BMW. After they bailed out of Formula One, he joined their DTM program. In 2013, he got on the Autobahn and moved from Munich to Stuttgart to become director of race operation for the city's other powerhouse, Porsche. Zach Brown brought him to the team to be team principal at McLaren in 2019. Andreas is now going back home to be Das Boss at the Audi Formula One operation. I would bet Einzwei Drei Deutsche Marks on Audi turning Sauber into a race winning and championship challenging team. It will take time. Rammstein was not built in a day. All you have to do is look at the Uber success at Le Mans and World of Rallying with the Audi Quattro. And I was very pleased to tell you that I was reading a quote from Carlos Sainz Sr. And, you know, he has driven for Audi in Dakar Rally. He basically said the same thing. Wherever they have gone, they have been very, very successful. Now we go from uh, German Andreas to Italian Andrea Stella. Andrea Stella will take over the job of Andrea Seidel. Like Robin Hurd, the R in March Racing, Stella is also an aerospace engineer. He has a PhD in mechanical engineering and started his F1 career with Ferrari and worked with Michael Schumacher. Stella has also engineered red cars for Kimi Raikkonen and Omri by the name of Fernando Alonso. Interestingly, both Machismo and Stella sailed from Maranello to McLaren around the same time, docking in at Woking in 2015. According to McLaren's website, Andrea Stella is like Zach Brown, a stickler for details. So that's very interesting. Now we go to one of my favorites, Franz Tost. Like his fellow Austrian team principal Toto Wolff, Franz was also a budding racing driver once upon a time. He was Formula 4 champion in Austria in 1983 and also raced in Formula 3. After studying sports science and management, he joined as manager at Walter Lechner Racing School, which is a very well-known Austrian outfit, and they enter cars in uh, Porsche cars and racing also. In 1993, he joined the team of Willie Weber in Formula 3 and, per his request, took his other Schumacher to Japan. With Ralph, Toss moved to BMW Sauber F1 team in 2000. When Red Bull bought Minardi and renamed it Toro Rosso, which is Italian for Red Bull, he was appointed as team principal, and which he is still there. His reputation in the paddock is Mini Marco, no nonsense and purveyor of ESPN philosophy in your face. For verification, please, I am Scott Speed. Next on the agenda, sir, Otmar Safnauer. His family is originally from Romania, but nobody considers him Dracula of motorsports as he is generally well liked. Oscar Piastri and Mark Weber may disagree with that. Otmar was seven years old when the family moved from Romania to Detroit. He has a degree in electrical engineering and another in business and finance. 
He was performance manager for Ford Motor Company and around this time also dabbled in Formula 4 racing here in the U.S. He came into F1 as operation director at British American Racing at the request of Adrian Reynard, the designer who said they will win their first ever F1 race as that's what they had done in other formulae. From Bar he went to Honda, Force India and now his head-on show at Alpine and he's gonna take Machismo to his long-sought, much-deserved third world championship. Uh, Mr. Rogers, please wake me up when that happens. I will. Thank you. Now we come to your favorite Toto Wolf. It's true, once upon a time, Toto Wolf knocked on the doors of Red Bull, seeking sponsorship for his budding racing career. He was an early investor in AMG, which was uh, at that time a Mercedes aftermarket performance tuning company. The company was named after the initials of three partners. Today it is part of Mercedes-Benz, and Toto Wolf is at the top of the totem pole of Mercedes Motorsports. At one time, he was also an investor at Williams uh, Racing when they went public and were listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. Toto was also involved in the young career of Valtteri Bottas and has done a tremendous job not just with the F1 team, but in bringing George Russell into Formula 1, and he has another hot shoe in the pipeline by the name of Kimi Antonelli, young Italian kid. I say keep an eye on this young kid. Now we come to the rock star and superstar of Netflix, Drive to Survive, Gunter Steiner. He is a German-speaking Italian. He comes from the northern part of Italy, and he is has a German name because once upon a time that part was part of Germany, and then, you know, with all those wars in Europe, it was handed over to Benito. His first foray into motorsports was in WRC. In this area, he has worked for Mazda, famous Italian Jolly Club team, and their Lancia Integrale, and Ford. He also worked for Dave Richards' Pro Drive team and Subaru Rally cars. And Mr. Rogers, I love that 5.5 car, which is dark blue and 5.5 head in yellow. Nicky Lauda brought him into Formula 1 as managing director of Jaguar F1 program. Team then became Red Bull, and he was their technical director when they sent him from Milton Keynes to Mooresville, North Carolina to head their NASCAR program. So he must feel at home in North Carolina. Now this is interesting, which I just learned today, Mr. Rogers. At Red Bull F1, they replaced Gunter Steiner with a chap by the name of Adrian Newey. Gunter is an absolute no-nonsense man. He is not shy and in shoving his drivers as Esteban Gutierrez found out. So of all the uh, team principal, some who are not mentioned here, uh, which one you think is a machismo? The machismo of all the machismos has to be Flavio, Flavio, Flavio Briatore. No, among the current uh, team principal. Current? Well, that's such a small plate. There's only one man, really, that can be on that plate, Nasser. And who is that, in your esteemed opinion? Oh, that's got to be Toto. Yeah, tremendous success, that's for sure. Okay, sir, uh, now we come to famous last words. Today they come from Nico Hulkenberg about him taking the seat of his compadre, Mick Schumacher. 
He said, and I quote, We haven't spoken to each other about it. If it hadn't been me, it might have been someone else. F1 is about performance. If you perform and you convince, you have a job. If there is no performance, it's over very quickly. End quote. Having heard this, the question I have for you, as we all know, Mick Schumacher has joined Mercedes as a reserve driver. Do you see him coming back in Formula 1? I don't know. I mean, Toto has given him another chance. Toto believes with the right package, he could be a Formula 1 champion. But on the other hand, Nicky Lauda said, a monkey can do this job with the right package. So what am I supposed to say? Mick, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Yeah, I will not be surprised, you know, if if Porsche, has, they can select both drivers for the team they go with, and Audi, uh, you know, there's four seats, and I'm sure they would like, with no German Grand Prix, I think they would like to see uh, Schumacher name back there. I agree that if he's in the best car, he will win races, but I think he's going to be a Bottas or a Rubinho or a Fisico, a win here and there. He, he is... The bar is set to, and I feel sorry for him. Papa set a bar <laughs> too high for him. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. That's my take on it. And sir, before we go into uh, musical mondial, anything you want to talk about? The Daga rally is uh, starting, which is very, very exciting. And your fabulous 49ers are on their way to the Super Bowl, so that's also good. I'm telling you, there's very bizarre stuff in, in American football, including Baker Mayfield. What is going on there? Peculiar, but indeed entertaining. But no, we can't wait for testing. We're suffering here. It's time to take a little break, slow down. I'm going to do a little gardening and think about Fernando. And what's fantastic is, you know, when Porsche does finally make it to Formula One, Fernando will still be available for another team. So he's going to be burning down the houses all over Europe now? That's what's so exciting. Fernando will be there. Hey, Jacques Villeneuve is, is still uh, driving around. You know what? If he goes to Porsche and he does that, I'm going to start calling him Adolf Alonso. Wow. You cannot burn down houses everywhere. Scorched earth policy in progress. It's scorched earth and, you know, let's see what happens at Aston Martin. But it, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? 
Uh, you know what? One thing that will be very interesting if he can get his third championship, that has to be the longest gap between championships. And that will, I mean, he doesn't need to win a championship to cement his position as one of the all time greats. We already know he's that. But that will be something. A man won a championship in 2000, what is it, 2006? And then he wins in 20, in the year 2025, if man is still alive. That will be something. Fernando Tom Brady. It's awesome. You can't make this stuff up. This could, I can't wait for the book. And it, it's all going to be a great film one day. Damn, who's going to play Fernando is what you really want to want to know. And will Penelope Cruz be in the movie? El machismo de Viva España. Machismo, machismo, machismo. Nas, Nas, keep up the good work. Of course, next time we come on the air, it's going to be 2023. So there you have it. Any resolutions in your mind? Are you going to, let's see, I don't know, try escargot finally for once? Yeah, but man, I got to tell you, for him, his, uh, you know, that victory over Imola is one for the ages, but his first victory for McLaren was incredible. And his victory in 2007 at Monza was incredible too, really stamped his authority. And Moa was at that race. I'm very proud to say I have seen Nando win a race in a McLaren. Wow. I think I tried that in uh, 2009 when I was at Le Mans. I'm pretty sure I did that. Uh, once is enough. Merci beaucoup. Uh, resolution. So this is my resolution. It may change, but right now, uh, looking at these ticket prices for F1 races, my resu resolution is if I don't get a media pass, which is looking very, very hard now, then I will not go to a Formula One race. But what I'm interested in doing is going to a lot of races and events be it testing uh, museums and doing a lot of interviews. Uh, just uh, earlier today, I was, um, you know, a friend of mine calls me a closet NASCAR fan. You know, I like motorsports and what I really appreciate is the history. And you've heard of a uh, racing team called Wood Brothers in NASCAR. It's uh, This team has been in operation since 1950. And people from this team were at Indianapolis in 1965 doing tire changes, not so, not tire changes, but refueling uh, for Jim Clark's uh, Lotus when he won that race. And I just found out that Jim Clark won that race without ever changing tires. So hold on. Uh, so this, uh, you know, Wood Brothers team, that other teams like uh, Bud Moore and Holman Moody, these are very, very big pillar of NASCAR's history. So I want to go around and interview people, you know, as you have seen with Philippe Streff and Carlos Reutem and, you know, a lot of these old people who are not even older by today's standards are passing away. So that's my agenda. And uh, when I was talking to my friend who was helping me with the media credentials, Mr. Peter Nygaard of Grand Prix Photo, and he said that Azerbaijan Grand Prix may be a possibility because not it's not like British Grand Prix or Australian Grand Prix. And, but he did tell me to reach out to him in January, which I definitely will, because what we may have to do is instead of, uh, depending on what he's told, instead of going through FIA, maybe we can go through the local American affiliate, which would be the ACUS 
automobile competition club of america something like that or the local races see if they can give us a media pass if not then you know uh, races look pretty good on tv screen too uh, so that's the plan sir and here's a shout out to uh, dr mark and uh, mr price here if they're going or planning to go to goodwood this year or next year please email me man i was there and mr brazier could not attend that uh, year but uh, dr mark was there and dr miguel was there that is a place you have to go mr rogers absolutely incredible the cars the people just fantastic okay sir to wrap it up at the top of the show we talked about ghost in the past which brings us to today's beautiful piece of music about the same situation and this is performed by Greg Walker and Keiko Matsui on the piano thank you for listening and please enjoy good night bye bye she denied but she can't hide it it's written in her eyes there's a ghost in her past and it haunts her night and day 